0: clap is on my little thing but <laughs> I, I know no, hi emily hi <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i just like it's so little whereas yeah. normally it's quite the thing yeah i think that that alone that alone um we've got big balls in our face yeah hi we've listeners. got big balls he's got big balls she's got big balls my cat has no balls i've got the biggest balls of them all yeah <laughs> um we put we did a little crafty craft project immediately we did. before starting this episode. Actually, episode 103. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emily bought us these dense foam balls that are like, I don't know, like, like eight inches across. Yeah. They're huge. Um, and we hollowed well, technically them technically our Patreon bought us yes. these balls thank you patreon people um, yeah bought us and these now balls. i
1: have mixed craft nine so i'm no longer recording on
0: free audacity which was not cooperating that is ever. true well, now we have the exact same like yep. recording editing stuff which is nice um and you know we're, we're doing the foam balls we've carved them out in an effort to make them like those those foam eyes that you buy for 300 dollars. yeah we just didn't want to do that and People often don't. So, this isn't an attempt to, you know, we're always striving to make the audio better. Yeah. (laughs) That's all we're ever trying to do. It's all we're ever trying to do. And the content, but the audio is the thing I feel we're in the most control of. uh, Right.
1: Well, because, you know, we could record (laughs) at separate locations, like we said last time, but we're not going to fucking
0: do that. I absolutely refuse. No. Um, unless, you know, COVID came back around and one of us had it. But at that point, it's like, we'll just take a break. Yeah.
1: If one of us had it, the other probably also has it. So it's like,
0: at that point. We're fucked. We'll probably still be recording just sick. Yeah. Maybe we'll just be asymptomatic. Yeah. uh, Maybe we've already been asymptomatic. (laughs) Oh, thank you guys for joining us on Mm. the real episode. one hundred and three. real one Oh three. Um, shall I show you what we're drinking? Yeah, I'm thirsty. Hell yeah. We're probably going to chug be. it. Um, I will say, I went to Target. I needed to do a thing for a baby shower we're both going to. And I thought, what does Target have? Turns out, like, regular stuff for regular yeah. people. Yeah. It's not like festival where you walk no. in and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's not like that. But there was one thing that made me go, oh, come on, for real? So we're going to drink that. So this is, <laughs> cr- yes. So this is the Crown Royal Whiskey and Cola. It is literally a canned beverage. Yeah seven percent alcohol um and we have and both not had dinner yeah no we have not it's, we're gonna um, figure that out after i actually this. love these cans they're, they're very nice cans they're purple
1: the washington apple cans were very pretty as well i i bet you know this is they've got They were green
0: the Ooh. main thing about crown they're royal like is embossed. that they have
1: style
0: yeah like they're the the, the crown royal bag is well known mm-hmm. they are like embossed it's crazy um i just I wanted feel to know fancy yeah um, so we fancy bitches tonight, but this also reminds me of when we used to go out a lot because I feel like I used to have a, a whiskey and cola a lot. I think yep, that was like same. A, a drink of ours. Um, and in case there is not enough whiskey in that. What did you do? I just I just got some brandy. I, I, need, <laughs> I need it for my house anyway, but I decided to bring it. <laughs> so you could just tip it on in there if you're not getting boozed up enough. So... I it's guess a we'll a just... big
1: bottle of brandy. This
0: isn't even the biggest bottle Corbell fucking comes in. This is just cheaper than the other one. The other one co- is a big plastic son of a bitch that I didn't buy. <laughs> we have Corbell around our house all the time. Yeah, I know. Jake loves those good old-fashioned. Exactly. And it's a pretty cheap brandy that doesn't yeah. absolutely suck. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's open this. Oh, that... I don't know if that was as sonically horrifying as it normally is. Also, these are not chilled because I don't remember the last time I brought a drink. Do we want ice? No, I think this is fine. okay. Let's try it.
1: Okay. The bottom's up. (laughs) I swear to God, I know how to talk.
0: That tastes like I'm at a bar. Oh. Oh, yeah. And it's not a particularly strong pour. No. But it is absolutely. It's there. It's not just any whiskey either. You can tell. That's Crown Royal. Yeah. It's sweet as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a Crown Royal and cola for sure. Uh-huh. It's not like they had to work very hard. Mm-mm. But they did nail it. Yes, they did. And <laughs> they put it in a can. Are you ready to hear a story? Yeah. Let's,
1: let's fucking do it. Yeah, let's do
0: it. Um, what could go wrong? I need you to know oh, god. only that if you recognize this story, for the listener's sake, do not give it away. Yeah. For me. Thank you. I will pretend. This is, this will be fun. Okay. Quote ah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my coworkers have families, had little kids, and they didn't make it, and I did. So why? Why am I special? Why was I spared? It just makes you go crazy. Why, why, why? Tanya is a 26-year-old manager working for Merrill Lynch. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Tanya. By all accounts, things are going pretty good in her life. Again, she's working for Merrill Lynch as a manager at 26. Yeah. Pretty good. Better than good. Mm -hmm. That's pretty solid. Yeah. She has just recently been on a trip to Hawaii with the love of her life, Dave, um, where they got what they called Maui'd. So, like they're not married as recognized in the state of new york uh but they are married-ish in their hearts yeah um they did the ceremony but didn't sign the paperwork exactly they did that in august and then in october they are planning to have a real a wedding that is recognized in new york um so tanya is again she's young she's actually chairing a meeting for merrill lynch so really good uh
1: she business is people
0: doing business stuff. Exactly. She is one of them business people. Yeah, Her fiance works nearby. Her okay. fiance slash husband now, I guess, yeah. kind of. Works nearby. Fiance. Fianceband. Fianceband. <laughs> Her fianceband. Yeah. Works nearby um, on the 100th floor of the North Tower, where Tanya is on the 78th floor of the South Tower. What year is this? Oh, uh, I'll just get to it in a minute here. Hey. Um, so just a few minutes ago, Dave had what? called her, um, to ask if she wanted to leave the World Trade Center with him Taylor? and go get coffee. Hey, Taylor. <laughs> uh huh. Oh. <laughs> just give me a moment. <laughs> uh, but she she had a meeting. She was going to chair this meeting, so she couldn't leave. Yeah, she was being coffee. a business person. Yeah, she was being responsible. She's doing her whole career yeah. thing. She said she would have to see him later. She would not see him later. The date is September 11th, 2001. And it is 846 AM, which, if you recognize that, it's because that's when the plane hit the first one. So the North Tower is struck by an airplane at the 80th floor. And Tanya, again, she's in the South Tower. She watches with her coworkers as smoke billows out of the building and small figures start jumping out of windows and plummeting to the ground. She thinks of Dave, who was just a few floors above where the plane hit. She and some others run for the elevators, and they're waiting, but they do not make it before the South Tower is also struck, just a couple of floors above them. Things go flying. The air fills with dust. Christina, Tanya's assistant, is decapitated while standing next to her. Quote from Tanya. The first thing I felt was the air sucked out of my lungs from the change in pressure and I was flying, flying through the air. And then I remember the warmth from the explosion and then I passed out. Emily, your face is incredible right now. <laughs> what are what are your emotions? What are your feelings? <laughs> I'm... Is it, uh, is it you can't believe we're doing nine eleven? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of me too. I've been uh, mulling yeah. whether to do this for a well, long cause time. Well,
1: because it's like on the flip side, like, I didn't read a lot of the stories or anything. I'd never watched documentaries about it. Yeah. I never needed to, like, that just, it wasn't, it's one of those, it's one of those few things. hmm that I
0: haven't like sat down and watched a ton of shit about. Is it because it was fucking sad as hell and you just didn't want to yeah. go there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree. I hundred percent agree. There's a reason why I chose to do this one. Okay. Um. So, Tanya awakes. She lost consciousness there for a sec. She awakens, um, and there's fire all around her, and she yeah. can smell her own skin burning. Yeah. Maybe plain, other people's plain oil fire. Oh God! It's, it's everything so hot. So her arm is actively on fire. A man with a red bandana tied around his face finds her, puts, her, puts the fire out on her arm, and he says, Stay awake. Stay awake. Help is coming. He himself would then lead Tanya through the rubble. And on their way, Tanya encounters a gravely injured man on the ground. He handed her his wedding ring, and he said to bring it to his wife, and then he died. And the man in the red bandana brings Tanya to what they believe to be the only serviceable stairway. And uh, he sends her down and he says, you go. like And he goes back. No. Yeah. So just, just an aside, the man in the red bandana is named Wells Crowther. He saved 18 people by leading them to that stairwell. And he died when the South Tower collapsed. He was 24 years old um and he's like a, a fucking huge hero. Yeah. huge um he there's a documentary from 2017 about him called The Man in the Red Bandana. I do want to watch that one. Mm. Tanya, she makes it about 50 stories down. It's a lot of stairs. That's a lot of stairs. Before she passes out again, she's yep. lost a lot
1: of blood. Yep. And a lot of people don't think that like going down stairs is hard. But oh, but
0: it's super when is. when it's like fifty plus stories, yeah. And like her arm, she describes it as being burned, but then also like mostly severed. Like she's kind of Oof. holding it, <laughs> so she's losing blood for sure. There's a reason why cows can't go downstairs, man. It's rough.
1: Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> I do still think about that cow that got
1: stuck on the second I floor. Know. Of <laughs> I know. I'm um, waiting for an update on that one uh, You'll never Even if you're it. lying to me you'll and telling me that you found an article that said the cow was fine, I
0: would believe I, you. I would love to find that or pretend that I did for you. Yeah. One of these days Thank I you. will. Thank you. Mm. So she passes out on the stairs, but then a firefighter finds her and carries her the rest of the way out of the building. Um, Tanya... Only awakes like six days later in the burn unit of a hospital. And it is only when her parents arrive from Spain, she is from Spain originally, that she would learn that Dave did not survive. So after 9-11, the people who survived sought a bunch of ways to deal with the fact that they had lived. Well, yeah, 3,000 other people did not, a lot of whom they knew.
1: Yeah,
0: um, Many of them... Only really found, like, any solace in speaking to other people who had been through it. Because, like, there's only so much other people who haven't been there can do for you in that yeah. situation. But there were a good number of survivors. That very specific I trauma. Kn- I see you. I know yeah. exactly what you're feeling. Because I feel it, too. Because mm-hmm. I went through exactly that. Yeah. Like, a uh, therapy is always good and still a good thing. But, like, there's something about somebody looking at you and saying, like, I get, I get it. it. Yeah. 100%. So these survivors, they started forming groups online. Again, this is the early 2000s, so the online isn't a ton of stuff. But Yahoo forums is a thing. Um, Tanya and a bunch of other people joined the uh, World, Trade Center, World Trade Center Survivors Group on Yahoo. Tanya, she becomes a member and then she quickly establishes herself as someone who is strong and helpful and understanding. Um, she helps new members feel comfortable sharing their story. For a long time, she, she shares very little of her own. Mm-hmm. It's really not about her. If for the, her here, she's trying to just make other people feel comfortable and find a good place to have these conversations. People think of her as very helpful. Um, and then one day, a man named Jerry Gogash, um, another survivor, invited her and the other foreign members to join his support group called the uh, World Trade Center Survivors Network. And they, they meet online and they meet in person. And it was then that Tanya finally created a post detailing her story. The story I just told you. And the horror of it and of losing her fiance and of seeing the things she saw. um, And that, that brought people to her immediately. Yeah. Hers was the worst story they had heard. Yeah. Um, It's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Um, there's a survivor named Brendan Chellis. He said, quote, we had all been through horrible things, but Tanya's was just head and shoulders above what any of us had gone through. The World Trade Center Survivors Network became a large group. Mm-hmm. They were they they became the biggest of the survivor groups. They needed like an executive board. Like that's how big they got. They wow. needed like, governance. Yeah. So they were eventually not just meeting in person or online. They organized remembrance rallies. They had fundraisers um, for people affected by 9-11. Tanya proved to be a really good leader and an organizer, and she positioned herself at the center of the network, and everybody loved her there. Um, It was Tanya who made the arrangements for the survivors to go on site for the first time because they wouldn't allow anybody at the site of the wreckage for a long time. they were still... Yeah,
1: they were working on that for years. I think it
0: was at least a couple of years before, because you know, like when they were finally there, it was like a pit in the ground. Yeah. Whereas for a, a long time, it was debris and all that stuff. They still yeah. had to pick up. I mean, two whole fucking buildings. Like, yeah. A lot, a lot. So, when they finally got to go there and like have moments of silence and have like speeches, and it was very meaningful. And she, she was really one who made that happen. Mm. So. People saw her as an energetic boost to their movement, someone who wasn't afraid to speak out or help build awareness of those living with the burden of having lived through 9-11, which is its own kind of thing. Of course, it's awful to die, and it's awful to lose someone. But when you lived, it's its own thing. Yeah. She eventually gave tours at the World Trade Center site, including to two different New York mayors and the governor of New York. All the while, those survivors um who had grown closest to tanya began to worry about her Mm. she was really strong yeah um, that's fair but her mental state was deteriorating
1: yeah well when you're constantly living in a state of reminding of the worst day of your life (laughs) yeah yeah like your entire life is about it great yeah it's tough yeah and her identity has
0: become that yeah it's true a lot of their identities have, and, yeah. and but especially hers. Like, she's really high profile at this point. Um, so she was in some denial about Dave's death. She suffered a panic attack at a media event. Mm-hmm. Um, she was undergoing intensive therapy that was called flooding, um, in which she told her story into a tape recorder and had to play it over and over and over and over and over Um, no yeah there was no there was a point at which a woman who was like her best friend in this movement a woman who loved her Linda Gormley um, she used to sit with her in that and then after a while she said I can't I can't do this with you anymore your story has started to melt into my story and yours is shittier and I'm still getting through mine and I'm having nightmares about your story so I can't do this anymore valid yeah Uh, Tanya's friends tried to be there for her. You know, everybody was doing their best. Everyone's always just doing their best, trying to get through. Um, But they were becoming increasingly worried that she would kill herself. Yep. Yeah. Even still, Tanya continued to work. Eventually, Gary Gorgash, uh, the founder of the Survivors Network, was voted off his own board of electors, and Tanya was voted the president of the organization. Oh, God. Yeah. It was a position that hadn't existed before her. So now she's the president and there hadn't been a president. That's how much people wanted her to be in charge, I guess. Trusted what happened her. to
1: Gary? Um,
0: she Why did a, he get the boot? I'm, you know, and he he also was like, I don't really know how I managed to alienate all of those people. I don't really know how this happened. He's pretty upset, actually. Yeah. Um. So either way, though, she's going on. She actually won nonprofit status for the organization. Like they're a business and a nonprofit now in New York. I'm sure that's hard. Yeah. Um, She used her own money, a lot of her own money, to fund events and bring in speakers. The organization was her life. And then in 2006, so five years later, five years after the event anyway, reporters at the New York Times began doing a story on 9-11 survivors for the fifth anniversary mm-hmm. of the event. And they found that Tanya had become somewhat of a celebrity, basically among all the survivors, and that she hadn't been among those interviewed in the immediate aftermath of the attacks, even though her story is like incredible, but they had missed her well, I mean, she was in burn <laughs> There's like that. she wasn't conscious, <laughs> yeah, but still the reporters were they were like okay let's let's go approach her for an interview now, but Tanya refused. she'd said. In the past, that she didn't like sharing the details of her story because she didn't want like that to be in other people's heads, like that wasn't that was for her to deal with and not other people. Um, the reporters were relentless, though. They they contacted Tanya, yeah, frequently with questions. To those around her, it became clear that that the story wasn't just about Tanya. It wasn't like an expose. It was an investigation. For some reason, they were investigating her. And they were calling her survival story into question. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. So friends tried to help. Again, like, Tanya has friends. uh, And they're all these survivors. They all live for each other. Like, so many of them were like, these people dug me out of a pit and made me a person again. Like, these are my best friends. And it's all just because they happened to survive together. So... Her friends try to help. Linda, her, her best friend in the org, uh, pushes her to reveal the name of the firefighter who got her out of the building because that is the only person in her story who is still alive. Tanya would not reveal his name. Yet another survivor in the network, a board member, Janice, told Tanya, okay, just get a lawyer. They'll, they'll be your mediator. You don't need to talk to these people yeah tanya was hesitant she said because she was not actually a u.s citizen nobody knew that she was worried about it janice was like fuck that no one cares you're a 9-11 survivor like go get a lawyer eventually janice went with her to the lawyer's office and janice was only allowed in the room at the very end because of you know lawyer yeah privilege um but in that meeting When she is allowed back in, Janice realizes that the story that Tanya had been telling all the survivors was different than the story she was telling her lawyer. Now, Brendan Chellis, he's another survivor. He had a quote earlier. Another network member. He had already begun questioning details about Tanya's story. Um, And he was working to verify it like he wanted to verify it. But the more he looked, the less he found. And he was kind of getting... Annoyed. For example, uh, Brandon was the only one who Tanya sa- like who Tanya told Dave's last name. Her, you know, her fiancant. He's the only one who knows his last name. So he searched it to ensure that Dave had been a victim in 9-11. And in fact, he was. Uh, but his obituary didn't mention Tanya. At all. So on September 27th after all of this is already happening everyone's kind of questioning on September 27th 2007 the New York Times article about Tanya drops and everyone learns the truth Tanya did not work for Merrill Lynch she was not married to Dave she didn't even know him they had never met I remember this yep Tanya was not in the Twin Towers on 9-11 she wasn't even in the fucking country And her name isn't Tanya. (laughs) Her name is not Tanya Head. Her name is Alicia Esteva Head. (laughs) You might recognize this name because this was big fucking news that this woman had inexplicably pretended to be a 9-11 survivor and done it very well. Yeah, because, like, there were a
1: lot of people... Who pretended, but, like, she stood out. because I mean, she, she got
0: so much further than the other people other who Other people faked just it. wanted money. Yeah. For, and for, like, damages and yeah. stuff that weren't real. Tanya didn't even want money. No. I'll talk about that. But, like, yeah, she's literally the president of the, the biggest survivors organization in the goddamn country. So Alicia Estava head, was born to a wealthy family in Spain. Like, pretty fucking rich. She grew up in Mallorca, which is picturesque. Mm. <laughs> like, it was, a, it was a nice upbringing, I'm sure. The whole time, though, she loved America. Everyone who knew her there, she, she loved America. She was fluent in English, like, great at it at an early age. She planned to study and move to America eventually. Um, when she was a teenager... She would actually been in a car accident with a few of her friends, and she was the only one who was really injured. Um, her arm was straight up severed and had to be reattached. That's why she had scars on the arm she said was burned and nearly severed in the tower. It was just from a car accident. Those who knew her in Spain even stated that Tanya... I'm still calling her Tanya. Yeah. I don't give a shit. But, like, stated that Tanya was used to find things, um she was like her family loved her and doted on her um but that she was always seeking more attention uh she would lie about boyfriends that she had and the sexual things they would do and how hot they were when they literally didn't exist she lied that the car accident she was in uh was in a ferrari driven by her fiance it's not true (laughs) not even close Um, what these people did know for sure is that on 9-11, 2001, Tanya was attending business school in Barcelona. Like, class wasn't in session at the time of the attack, but she was there less than a week later, and she mentioned nothing about going to New York. Nothing at all. They have no reason to think she would have. Oh, Tanya. (laughs) What an incredible story she had, right? Like... It's it bothers me a lot because it's an amazing story. Yeah. But Very once, well crafted. Yes. Super well crafted. But once you know it was crafted, you can tell like, "Oh, of course yours is the worst story anyone's ever heard. You couldn't have just had a regular story from like running out of the building. No, you had to have the worst thing happen to you possible." Just so, the like touch about the wedding ring. Yes like a man who never fucking existed she also claimed that she had when she received that wedding ring from that man who died in front of her she did track down his his widow and gave it to her but tanya never told anybody who she was or that she had done it because she didn't want the the media just because nothing of it happened it wasn't true None of, her, Christina, her assistant, did not fucking get decapitated literally out of nowhere.
1: That was my, like, question when you said, I'm like, oh my god, how did that happen? How
0: and when, yes, what a crazy detail to throw in. What's decapitating this woman? What is it? Because I was like, there's a decapitation in my story, but mm. that, does that actually happen. That one's real. <laughs> that's very real. That's I'm glad this one didn't happen. Otherwise yeah. that would be our that would be our link. Yeah. I was worried. It's a shitty link. I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's not Yeah.
1: Of all the that's not it. That's <laughs> not it.
0: So I've only I've only got the aftermath here. <laughs> one thing that became clear was that Tanya hadn't actually committed any crimes. So she hadn't taken any money from the organization in fact she was one of their top donors again she was from a wealthy family she gave her money
1: mm-hmm.
0: it appeared that she had just lied for the attention to be a part of something big While there's nothing criminal there there's there there's a possibility for civil suits against <laughs> Yes, her. Yeah. straight up just like emotional yeah. damages that yeah like just really she hurt people she heard well, like that a lot.
1: friend that when she was going through that therapy and listening to that story over and over and right? over again, exacerbating that person's very real PTSD. Yes.
0: For a fake fucking mm-hmm. story. These people lifted her up from panic attacks, from things that I don't know if she was literally faking them or if she was having them because she was being confronted with the fact that she had to lie some more and it was overwhelming her. I don't know but either way like she's asking damaged people to take care of her fake damaged ass <laughs> and that's really unfair it sucks some people are gross so there are of course as we've been saying there are real survivors of 911 who did at first benefit from Tanya's work with yeah. the survivors network like yeah. she made it huge she she got them like rights and and she got them media coverage she got she got their cause attention that it might not have had if she wasn't willing to do that work right but they were also deeply harmed by her lies some of them considered her to be like a real role model and a a very good friend yeah and she just she was none of that so it devastated a lot of them to find out that she was just a fraud and they're still trying to figure out how to move on from that tanya effectively disappeared after she was found out like she's just fucking gone dude (laughs) like she's no one knows none of her former friends ever saw her again um one of them received one email that just said hello and she said like i saw her trying to open up a line of dialogue and i just didn't answer nope that's fair it was rumored actually for a while there that she had killed herself in 2008 however the documentary that I watched as part of my research, which was called The Woman Who Wasn't There. Ah, that's it. <laughs> yep. It's, um, it's a 2012 documentary. It's pretty good. It's got really interesting um, illustrations for her story. It's cool. And it has a lot of her firsthand, like, from other interviews she did. I've seen that documentary advertised, but I've never watched it. It's only 65 minutes, and you should totally watch it. I think you'd like it. Hmm. Um. So this documentary was made, and at the end of the film, the director shows footage of a woman. He is filmed on the street in New York, and it's fucking her. And that's from 2011. He gets in her face. She looks immediately angry that someone is filming her. She's like, she's like gesturing off camera at at stuff, and then it just blacks out. Supposedly, this woman threatened to call the police and then just disappeared into the crowd. That was absolutely Tanya. So she may still be living in New York. She might be living more often in Barcelona, but no one has been able to confirm one way or the other.
1: It's the other thing with money.
0: Yeah. You can disappear. Absolutely. She wasn't using, she could just have a different name at any time, obviously, and have it work for her. So I will say there's a couple of quotes just from the other survivors. This is from Brendan Chellis. It would take a lot to forgive her i don't think i could ever do it i just feel that hurt and that wronged like this was 2012 but he was like no i don't forgive her and i'm not going to he
1: shouldn't have to (laughs)
0: right like and that's like only if if it would help him
1: right if it's beneficial to the person who's doing the forgiving because forgiveness is for you it's not for the other person Mm -hmm. if it's beneficial to him to forgive her and he wants to do it great Mm -hmm. but if he doesn't want to Great. Yeah, he shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing that always pisses me off when people are like, "You should forgive them." It's like, it's like, why? I set a boundary that they violated, right. and I in turn feel very violated by this affront. And yeah, like, I am establishing that I am still upset about it.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree that like people shouldn't let things that other people do eat up their own whole lives and become their lives. Yeah. That is, that's going too far. That's too much. That's giving that person too much power. Yeah. The person who hurt you and now has power over you forever. Yeah. Maybe. But like, I think that you can be at peace with something Mm -hmm. and still not forgive. Absolutely.
1: You can move on from something. And just because you've moved on from it doesn't mean you've forgiven the person. Right. It's just, you've made your own peace. You've come to terms with what happened. Mm -hmm. You've learned what you've wanted to learn from it. Mm -hmm. And you now know not to do xyz again yeah
0: exactly and i think you know as long as that is enough for you to feel the peace of mind and the happiness you need to then that's fine yeah no one can make you do anything else no there is one last thing like toward the end that really struck me it's linda her like best friend in the organization is talking to one of the other good friends and they had planned this entire event um a few years later and she (laughs) She's talking to her, and she's like, you know what I thought? I thought, God, I wish Tanya was here. Because this event was hard to plan. And she says, quote, I miss her. I miss her like I miss life back on September 10th. I miss what was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she misses the idea Mm -hmm. of what Tanya was when she was real. Like, and how strong and and good she was.
1: And, like, the thing is... It's just, like, the thing that fucking pisses me off about this shit, Tanya, or whatever her fucking name was, still could have done all of those things as an act of support Mm -hmm. to the survivors. She had wealth and privilege. She had wealth and privilege. She was organizationally sound. She Mm -hmm. could have still donated and been like, hey... I understand on a surface level of that immediate pain, but I have no idea what you're going through. How can I help you? How can I help you? Can what I, can I do Can I
0: organize to get you? you the recognition yes. that you deserve? Yes. Like, she, she didn't need to make it about herself no. in order to help these people. But she did. She had to, in her own mind, I'm sure, make it about herself for it to be worth it narcissist yes exactly like yep. she's a narcissist full-blown 100 percent. it's upsetting that she could feel the empathy that she feels for people and still be one of those people like one of those narcissists i have to wonder if the empathy was real or maybe i after a certain point when you live it like that how much of you thinks no my lie is the truth i'm telling the truth well because it's like if she was going this. through that flooding mm-hmm That's going to help convince you, that's for sure. Yeah. Maybe her reaction to it was real enough just because she was bombarding herself with a terrible story that she had concocted so much that it was getting to her. Yeah. Like, it's... She just didn't need to do it that way. No. I completely agree. She still could have helped them. Absolutely. She didn't need to lie to everybody and their fucking brother. Like, (laughs) ridiculous. Oh, also, like... One of the major things that happened that made her move from Spain to America is that her father was embroiled in like a gigantic money scandal. He and her brother w- were put in jail. So it's, I'm. She comes from a family of just like yeah lie and then just like give money and then until we'll people figure stop. it out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that's Tanya Head, a not real survivor. I've never done that before. I hope people don't feel cheated of a survivor story. I just thought it was fucking fascinating. I feel cheated. (laughs) I'm sorry. I really appreciate that, like, we could have the discussion as if she was a real survivor at the beginning, though. Because Uh. then it's like, yeah, don't you feel cheated the way everybody who knew her did? Like, it sucks. You found, like, the one thing. Yes. That I... its all I wanted. ...know,
1: like, <laughs> nothing about. That's well, like, I know my wanted. experience.
0: Yeah. And, like, I know, that.
1: like, my friend's experience. Mm-hmm. But that's enough for you. That's, that's it. Why I,
0: that's it. I'm good. I think if you had been um, a survivor of a serial killing attack, you probably wouldn't be looking into those either. No. <laughs> I think everyone has had enough of a certain thing. And a lot of people have probably had enough of 9-11. Like, yeah. just from having gone... Having been in the country when it happens. Yeah.
1: Like, it's like you don't really, like, look at a lot of the serial killers in your area in terms of stories.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, I finally read that I-65. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs>
1: send, sorry. I was going <laughs> to say, send us,
0: bitch. <laughs> Hi, Emily. We're back. Hello. Hi. Let's do this. Yeah. I have been warned. That this one's not great.
1: Yeah. So right.
0: let's talk about the prison system.
1: Yeah. It's broken, as we know. Oh, and it's we know. hella racist, yeah. as we know.
0: I watched Last Week Tonight. <laughs> I know a lot about the prison system. Yeah. <laughs> They've done like four episodes on this shit because it's so fucked up. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> the ACLU has also been pushing the UN to try and give a fuck about the American prison system.
0: Great, be nice Among to other things
1: in the US, including police brutality and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ACLU has the National Prison Project, which is dedicated to... Trying to ensure that the nation's prisons, jails, and detention centers comply within the Constitution, domestic law, and human rights principles, which all of the above do not. It's
0: weird how... Especially detention centers. We still have kids in cages. Prisons are also private-owned most of the time. They don't hey, give shit. It's funny that you
1: should mention that. <laughs> Uh Because I do have that where I say don't even get me started on why privatization of the prison system is so incredibly bad and dangerous. Um, So the United States has the highest incarceration rate in the world, five to ten times higher than countries like Canada, France, and the UK. Obviously, as we know, a black man is six times more likely to be incarcerated in the U.S. than a white man is, assuming he survives the interaction with the police. Wow, we're all shocked. Um And because the privatization of the prison system has happened, there is no formal oversight and no independent authority to monitor prison conditions to enforce, you know, a basic minimum standard
0: right. to meet human needs. Because it's clear, like, the correctional system itself cannot be trusted to monitor right. itself. Now, could talk about Attica. Not going to, Mm.
1: because that is a totally different beast that doesn't doesn't quite do what we're going to do today. Now, Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about the 1980 Old Main prison riot, a.k.a. the New Mexico State Penitentiary
0: Riot. Hell yeah. Sorry. Riots uh, sound interesting and fun and bad not fun good here's no. a, a, a prison riot just sounds like the only time where whoever's getting punched i'm for it yeah <laughs> like it's like the guard yes yeah. the prisoner yes <laughs> depending on their crime right <laughs> If they're in for weed then no.
1: i'm gonna make you sad oh no because i knew you were gonna say that damn it i know you so well <laughs> with the p- thing about the weed or the punching. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this took place February 2nd and 3rd in 1980. Uh, New Mexico State Penitentiary, Old Main, uh, was a maximum security prison, which was south of Santa Fe, and was the most violent prison riot in American history. Uh, inmates took complete control of the prison oh. and 12 officers were taken hostage. Wow, holy shit. Um, at least 34 inmates were killed by other prisoners. Uh, most were tortured and mutilated.
0: Whoa. So some of the prisoners just decided, I'll, I'll take this opportunity of yeah. anarchy to yeah. to kill some people. Yeah. That's not Not good. all
1: of them. Like, some of them were like, yeah, no. And the reason for the riot is... Is valid. I will give them that. It's just that some
0: people are there in presum- some people
1: took it to an extreme. He, he, sure, yeah, like you do. Mm-hmm. More than two hundred inmates were treated for injuries. None of the twelve officers taken hostage were killed, but seven suffered serious injuries caused by beatings and sexual assault. Ooh, oh God! Yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm glad they weren't murdered, but Jesus. I'll get to why they weren't murdered. Oh. Now, we've talked before about a lot of things. That was very specific. We've talked about
0: some stuff
1: <laughs> in the past. I Remember? Think, <laughs> I think the brandy might be hitting a little. <laughs> you know, we've talked about the stuff in the past with the things. You know, this, um, I was reminded today of our worst episode ever in terms of details when I talked about the oh, Japanese yeah. killer.
0: Yeah. I still
1: <laughs> flash back
0: to it every uh-huh. right now and then. Yeah. Like I have PTSD this isn't- somehow.
1: I could have gone that bad with this one. Thanks for not. Because they do get very graphic with some of it I won't. I appreciate that. For the most part. I really appreciate it. There's a few it. things that I, I, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> now... Even back in 1980, prison overcrowding was a thing. Sure. Which shouldn't be surprising. And prison services and facilities were bad. Again, not surprising. Uh, This riot was the reason for a lot of initial prison reform. So the guards were not well-trained at all. Like... No training. They gave them a tour of the prison, told them what each cell block was, and then sent them on their way. Put them in
0: charge of people who've done varying levels of bad things. Give them a fucking nightstick and tell yep. them how far away to stand. And good luck. Yep. So, yeah. So the guards
1: banded together because that's also how you survive in prison, it's why the racial divides are so strong yeah because you form groups and you stay
0: within your group and there is safety in numbers and those groups just so happen to be racially divided by a lot even with before you have like like yeah, before, prisoners are like, largely black and yeah. and guards are largely white yep uh, <laughs>
1: shocking so this prison surprisingly did not have a ton of black people hmm. you, new mexico you
0: i was just gonna say so it's a lot of latino people yes isn't it? okay and a lot of white people okay who were part of the aryan brotherhood oh so we've got some skinheads oh yes great
1: yes we love a skinhead
0: Uh, to escalate a situation in
1: terms of violence they definitely contributed a lot and took control of the riot and were the ones negotiating and making demands great (laughs) yeah uh they weren't voted into power they just took it were white men about it
0: well yeah i mean they literally their whole thing is to think we're superior
1: and we should have power they did realize one thing which i'll get into uh but the guards were not good at their jobs they were violent and they had instead of just segregation units and like solitary confinement Mm -hmm. they had full sensory deprivation chambers what that they would put people into for, like, 15 days. Oh, my God. And that would like drive you insane. Black holes, no sound, no That's... noise, nothing, no light. And you've got a sandwich can't... three times a day.
0: There are people who can't handle that for 15 minutes.
1: Yes. A uh, guard talked about somebody being in there for 15 days. And they came out and they were a model prisoner.
0: Yeah, their yeah, brain they, was jello. Yeah, they were broken. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you They weren't them. a person anymore. That's what, that's what they wanted to do. That's yeah. why you put someone in solitary.
1: Yeah. And they would also, they had a specific set of stairs that the prisoners knew if somebody was being taken to those stairs, they were going to be thrown down them. Oh, God. By the guard. So. Mm. There's one prison guard who I'll talk about later. Okay who found all of this to be a problem, which, which is very normal reaction.
0: If you're a normal person. If you're a
1: normal person. Yeah. But another tactic that they used, um, because they did have a unit that was specifically segregation, which was to protect the prisoners in there. Mm-hmm. But they started using it as, like, a tactic of like I'm gonna put you in there, and I'm gonna tell everybody that you're a snitch, okay, and it pits the prisoners against each other, yeah, rather than them being mad at the guards,
0: right that makes so, sense like that's you want them to be fighting so they don't fight you,
1: right, so that was cell block four mm-hmm and one, dis- one description that I really liked was that it created an Orwellian climate of fear and mistrust which yeah seems right Yeah, and there were a few like actual snitches others who were just put there as punishment by the guards but the ones who were actually there had put some of the people in another cell block away for life,
0: oh shit, and okay. we're being
1: kept in the same prison.
0: that doesn't seem smart, generally speaking. There's a lot of prisons you bust people to prisons all the time, just mm-hmm. put them somewhere else, maybe,
1: yeah, so let's uh let's go to the night that the riot started, uh-huh, so it's, uh, it's February first, like evening really late like two or three in the morning one to two in the morning so really February 2nd and there's no fully like recognized number because part of the problem with the inmates was it was overcrowded Mm -hmm. and they had beds for 963 people but there were at least 1,156 inmates. Some of the estimates I've seen go up to 1,200. So there's over 100 people, like 200
0: people almost. And they used
1: dormitory style. This is like the origin of dormitory style prisons where uh. they just had bunk beds. So oh. you had people sleeping on the floor. It created a really nasty environment because they were renovating cell block five. Which is where they usually kept the most dangerous people separated from the rest of the population. Yeah, that makes sense. They had moved them back in with the non-dangerous people. So you had like like 25% super dangerous, 75% not. I You know, I
0: don't run a prison. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. That's not my <laughs> bag. Yeah. Uh, but I think... What I would do is uh, make all the non-dangerous people bunk up and, like, pick another cell block for the really dangerous people to go in and still be by themselves. I don't really think that you should just, like, sprinkle them amongst the gen pop and hope that it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't think it was fine just guessing by the fact that you're telling the story.
1: So, like, lights would go out and there'd be gang rapes. There'd be feedings, salts, all sorts of awful things. Mm -hmm. And they'd also, the prison was under new management. Oh, I'm shocked. As it were.
0: They seem like they're doing great.
1: And they'd canceled a lot of the educational, recreational, and other rehabilitative programs.
0: Oh, okay. So it's just, it's just cages now. Yeah.
1: So those were stopped in 1975. So people were just locked down for Long periods with nothing to do. There's
0: no being a human being in here. We're just. Correct. Housing you. Right. That sounds about right.
1: The grand jury ordered improvements in 1979. Two months before the
0: riot. But... Yeah. It's night time. Let me guess. They didn't take it. Like, these improvements were not even in effect. Like, no. they weren't even doing oh, it yet. No. Because you're allowed to take one to five years to just, like, not Fuck do off. shit. Yeah. <laughs> before you do shit.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, it's nighttime, and they have to do night counts. Now, for this 1,100 to 1,200 prisoners, there are only
0: 12 guards on duty. So, there's one guard for every 100 prisoners, if I'm doing my drunk math right?
1: Yeah. And they have to do counts, but a lot of the times, they wouldn't even do the counts. They'd just repeat the numbers- from the shift before. Because
0: they just didn't and feel just like it. And just hope
1: nobody got out. God, it would be so easy to break out from there. Yes. God, I'd love to Shawshank that place. And as I said, cell block five was under renovation. So all of the violent, super, super violent offenders like the lifers, the murderers, the really bad people that just, deserve to be in prison for their crimes against humanity in some form are just out amongst our people who maybe did, like, like shoplifting. Yeah, like, like burglary. The night of the riot, they made homemade liquor. So one of our survivors, Gary Nelson, was a former inmate in cell block 2. He'd seen everybody, like, getting really drunk. They'd asked if he wanted, and he's like, no, I'm good. I'm I'm good (laughs) great he wasn't from New Mexico he literally escaped from another prison and he got caught in New Mexico so they put him there until he got transferred back okay I was gonna
0: say because that's not normal Uh, but yeah and it had
1: become pretty known to anyone native to the area or in and out of the system frequently, that at this point, cell block two was bad because that's where all the people from five had gone that were super violent. Oh, okay. But he didn't know any better. He'd heard the plan to jump the guards if they came in to do the check. Oh, God. Uh Because two of them would come in and, like, look down the aisles, and a third guard would be at the door. Now, typically, what was supposed to happen... Is they were supposed to lock the door because there would be no reason for them to jump the guard if they can't get out.
0: Right. Like, you are locking yourselves in with the prisoners then, but, like, that's like But, like, everything would get locked down. Mm -hmm. Everyone was aware that they were there.
1: And their big thing was they didn't want to wake people up. Because that's a lot of
0: people. Yeah, you would like them to be asleep. It's probably easier to manage when there's 12 of you.
1: Yeah. So, they didn't lock the door. Great. So, prisoners on the bunks nearest the door kept the door open. They jumped the guards and
0: immediately took control. Great. I mean, way to go on your follow through. You <laughs> said you were going to do it and you did And They did way it. Way to go. They <laughs> fucking did it. God damn.
1: Uh, Ugh. so, it was quick, obviously. This kind of shit, it's, like, done. It's
0: time. There was three of them.
1: Yeah. Like, in a 60-foot
0: room yeah. full of prisoners. Drunk, um, yeah, you're done. You're yeah. You're done
1: So, Gary Nelson is quoted as saying it's surreal. It's really surreal. I could say that most of the time I was just apprehensive. I can't say I'm scared. Hmm. So he was just like, okay, you guys do it.
0: And I was I mean, like, oh shit, they did it. I think if a hundred guards had come in and said, all right, fuckers, like we're taking right. over. That's scary. If your fellow inmates are like, And hey. like, he didn't
1: know them. They didn't know him. He hadn't done anything to any of them. Right. He hadn't been there long enough to piss any of them off. There's no one to be afraid of. They weren't. He wasn't the target of the rage. Right. He might benefit from it, in fact. Right. So four officers after that were then taken hostage. Now, they might have been able to contain the riot if everything had been locked up correctly. Mm. So that takes us to our next survivor, Larry Mendoza, who was a correctional officer, Mm. uh, who, who his shift was he was done. He was done for the day. Oh, no. But another officer had been like, hey, come have a cup of coffee with me uh, real quick. And he was like,
0: sure. That sucks. That really sucks. He could have been out of there.
1: Yeah. So they were eating, and they heard voices and like a ruckus. And he looked out, and he saw somebody that he didn't recognize in an officer's uniform. Uh, when there's only 12 of you, yeah, that's suspicious. Yeah, it's real <laughs> sus. <laughs> And he was like, oh, shit, because they were standing by the bar or like at this point, they're calling it the grill of like the prison bars, keeping it open. And giving direct path for prisoners to get to the control room. Oh, God. Oh, no. Which had just a few weeks earlier been updated to have bulletproof glass. Now, here's the thing with bulletproof glass. Oh, yeah. Um, it is technically bulletproof. Yeah, it's not fire extinguisher proof. Yeah. being bashed repeatedly into it, followed by steel
0: pipes. If I'm thinking, like bulletproof glass, among other things, has that coating on either side of it, so it doesn't yeah. shatter the way glass really does. No, but it's got it's like it it's all tempered. Kind
1: of... Yeah, it does like the spider web crack. Yeah. of, like, and like a, need a to windshield kind of dent it until
0: yeah. it's falls over. Yeah. Yeah, that seems possible.
1: Yeah. So, they got a lot of the doors open, but in the control center they couldn't get the cell doors open in block four, which is where all the
0: snitches were being kept. Oh, so a lot of them had a vested interest in getting into cell block four to beat some snitch ass, I imagine. Yes.
1: So... As I said, we had the Aryan Brotherhood present. We also had the Chicanos. Speaking of Latin gangs. Great. Latin prison gangs specifically.
0: Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) What a concoction.
1: Yeah. So they formed an execution squad and got into cell block four. And they couldn't for the ones who were literally going there, a lot of them got high first because they went into the medical wing.
0: I was just going to ask, on what?
1: Oh, yeah. Anything they could find. <laughs> literally anything they could find in the little um, prison hospital. Great. Painkillers, I got imagine. Got cleared the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I watched an interview with one of the guys that survived it. I'm not talking about him. He's very much a white supremacist, oh. open Aryan brotherhood. Like, he was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I was one of the people that was calling the shots. I'm like, good for you, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Great. Ugh. So, like I said, they didn't have a way to unlock the doors. They didn't have the keys for cell block four. Right. But they did have acetylene torches.
0: Oh. oh, oh no! Where? That were left...
1: By the construction crew that was working on cell block five's
0: renovations. Again, I'm just, as far as precautions, like, maybe you can leave your torches on a regular site. Right. Like, but maybe not, a not in a prison. Yeah, maybe we have extra regulations on that. Maybe no, no tools whatsoever. Should be they left did
1: also, very smartly for them, they set a few very strategic fires including in the psych wing Mm. they burned all of the psychology records and because this is the 80s everything is still paper
0: yeah there's nothing online that's not a thing oh my god yep they just started everybody's fucking psych records over yeah (laughs) they burned
1: all the paperwork holy shit everything
0: damn um, I like, I am so oscillating between being extremely excited for these men and also very afraid. If they'd just done that uh,
1: and like made demands for improvement, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. But one of the first things they demanded was for a pool table.
0: <laughs> Look, they're bored. Right. I don't, even, I don't even mind that. Just don't torture people. Well, we're going to get to that. I don't want it. Don't this want is it. not the light. Uh, so
1: they got the torches they figured out they could use the torches to cut through the prison bars and melt the locks to open the prison doors for smart. cell block four it took them five hours oh
0: my god they're high and they just decided right yeah, we'll spend five hours and on they this. kind
1: of like staggered in and out Because some inmates left to raid the records office Mm. to look for files to identify who the actual informers were.
0: So, like, really, they're really they got
1: organized. They also took the walkie talkies and were communicating back and forth.
0: My God! Yeah, and they're very—I mean, like—they're very focused on getting these snitches. Yes, that's a big deal to them.
1: And they also made a decision that they weren't going to kill any of the officers because they knew if they killed an officer they were going to come in. But if they just kept killing prisoners they didn't give a fuck. (sighs) Which was confirmed. Unfortunately true, I'm sure. There are stories of officers on the outside with binoculars watching through the windows of them torturing and killing people. That didn't do
0: anything. Because they're prisoners, so fuck them.
1: Fun fact. Cell Block 4 had an emergency exit. State police were just outside the fence and could hear them pleading for help through the prison windows. No one came in the emergency exit.
0: <sighs> they just let this happen. Yes. Because I understand 12 guards not being able to do much in the, in the grand scheme. I really do. But once you have backup... And State still... police
1: agreed with the prison negotiations not to enter the prison as long as the officers being held hostage were kept alive. So they had negotiated
0: by oh, that yeah. point.
1: Oh, uh... yeah. Because they could also hear on the walkies because, I mean, that was prison property. I guess. Lord. So what they did to... The people that they determined were snitches was not good. I imagine not. Uh, there was a lot of torture. There was a lot of mutilation. They didn't use the blowtorches just to get through the bars. Uh. I would say I'd leave it up to your imagination, but don't imagine it. Guys, don't.
0: I'm If you're going, going to, to watch a documentary about this, yeah, like, no.
1: just prepare yourself. Ugh. Because it's bad. It's very, it's a way that no one should die. Yeah. Um, the one I am going to talk about is someone who should have survived, who never should have been in that prison. Uh, there was a 21 year old prisoner named Mario mm. who was originally jailed for shoplifting.
0: Oh.
1: He. Was placed in cell block 2 with the violent people. And within his first week, he was violently gang raped. Oh. He wanted to file a lawsuit against his rapists. So prison officials decided the safest place for him was going to be in cell block 4. Because it was supposed to protect him. Sure. This part is not the light.
0: Mm.
1: He was found hanged with his throat cut and they cut off his genitals and shoved them in his mouth. Oh. And odds are that was done before he died. Oh. Um, and all
0: he did was shoplift.
1: Yes. And
0: that's what happened. Yep. Oh.
1: They killed people with the cutoff. From the acetylene torches, the different pipes from the prison bars. They would like heat them up and shove them through people's faces. Oh my God. They beat them to death. Um, they found other work tools that the construction people had left behind. Uh, and shanks. Jesus. Yeah. And a lot of people who were nonviolent. Like, were presented with this golden opportunity to not get caught. Yeah. And other people actively making sure no one was going to get prosecuted for this because they weren't going to leave any evidence. Right. So. That- so people who had never stabbed anybody tried it
0: because of what what's gonna happen
1: right and there were stories of people going around stabbing corpses to see what it felt like to stab somebody like and dismembering people and burning them and just all of this horrible shit
0: Woof, jesus
1: um they estimate that 34 people died they don't know for sure because they did also pile up bodies in the gymnasium and burn them which then started a bigger fire, which then burned a lot of things down.
0: Great. Yeah. No. So you
1: can't just burn bodies inside. No. Is what we've learned right. today. I mean, you have to remember they're also burning paperwork
0: <laughs> and other shit. They just like There's set the lot. office on fire. There's a lot of fires happening. I mean, clearly they don't they don't care. I, like I'd be fine. If I were them, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. That so, can burn down too.
1: the riot lasted about two days on day three. They had that fire in the gymnasium, which at which point they were like, OK, no, we have to rain it in. Guys, guys. rain it in. Look, I know we said we weren't going to come in. You haven't killed any officers yet. But like the building's on fire. Yeah, now we officially have to like someone's going to die just from the fire. Right. So Larry Mendoza, who was our correctional officer, mm. that whose shift was done,
0: who's stuck there now for two extra days. Right.
1: Had been working there for about four years. And he was kept naked. He was beaten. He was threatened with decapitation. Um, They literally like... There was another person, I believe, he was kept in the segregation unit. I don't remember exactly where he was kept. But it was, I think, the only black man who was killed. Or one of very few. He had the mental aptitude of a 12 year old Mm. and i think he did a lot of like janitorial work Mm -hmm. and they killed him and he was decapitated and they brought his head down to the guards to ask them which of them wanted to be like him (laughs) jesus shit like that um, threatened with sexual assault,
0: all sorts of awful things. Again, I have to imagine, like, this is a lot of mental torture and just... Oh, God, yeah. But, like, the people capable of doing that over there cannot be the majority of no. prisoners. It was a small
1: fraction of prisoners, and a lot of them were like,
0: uh, I want out, but I don't know how to get out. This right. is a fucking prison. And I have to, I, after a certain point, you probably are like, I have to pretend I'm down for this. Right. Because the second I say something against it, or act like I, I don't like this, then yeah. I'm a target. Yeah. So my ass
1: would be in the office burning records. Mm-hmm. Like I would make myself useful somewhere else. Yeah. So there was a lot of psychological torture on the guards that were being held captive. Mm-hmm. And while they didn't technically kill any of them, they did more damage, I think, than death would have. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm sure that that's a really, that's a really psychologically fucked up. Yeah, time to go through. Yeah, for a full forty eight hours. Yeah.
1: Um. By day three, a lot of the prisoners were just out in the yard at the fence, just like, okay, I'm done. I can't be in there anymore. Everything's on fire. Somebody, come get please. me, please. Oh my God!
0: Like, please. there's
1: video of the news cameras with just prisoners lined up at the fence in the yard, just being like, help
0: help you're like i was never down for this i'm triple not down for right now put me in a different prison please if and you the only reason no officers died
1: is because of other inmates like protecting them and mm-hmm. Damn. protecting them and feeding them and keeping them safe
0: because they're absolutely were unhinged people who are like yeah fuck it by a certain point, some of them have done so much already. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Right. There's A an lot of interview... them are already in prison for life, I'm right. sure. So yeah. who, what do the, they have to lose?
1: One of the guys that confessed to being on the execution squad only confessed because he had a, a terminal hep B diagnosis. He mm-hmm. was dying. So he's like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll admit that I was part of that. The white supremacist that they interviewed they tried to get him to say he was on the squad, but he wasn't in prison anymore. And he's like,
0: I'm not saying shit. There's no statute of limitations no. on that. So nope. I'm not going to say talking that. He wasn't um, in prison anymore. That's surprising. No, it's surprising sitting, like, to me that anybody share. even involved in this. I mean, right. obviously, some people deserve to be out because they di- weren't involved. Right. Probably wouldn't be in there very long anyway. But it ju- it does surprise me. Yeah. That anyone got out.
1: So Larry Mendoza are correctional officer was marched outside with another guard they'd intended to use him as a means of public execution mm. but they didn't thankfully mm. yeah and they let him go and his quote uh is those 38 hours were like 20 years even now 30 odd years later i still wake up screaming thinking i'm back in new mexico state pen oh, God. i bet yeah
0: That is some PTSD-inducing shit.
1: Yeah. Um, Two other officers that disguised themselves as inmates were escorted out of the prison by other sympathetic inmates who got them out. Oh, wow. Um, Two officers that had been brutally beaten and assaulted were carried out on blanket stretchers by other prisoners because the prisoners did not want an officer to die in their custody.
0: Because they could not have
1: an officer die. Right. Uh, seven officers suffered severe injuries. Um, one was tied to a chair. Another was carried out on another makeshift stretcher with a severe head wound. Um, yeah, it was just absolute insanity. They really thought, like, the National Guard was going to storm the prison. They never did. <laughs> there was just negotiations, but even the negotiations were fucked up because no one was really like the spokesperson for the prison sure they had like four different people but like two of them were white supremacists and like two of them weren't and they had conflicting demands and i
0: can absolutely believe that they never picked one leader oh no of course there's at least four dudes who are like fuck you it's me yeah yeah so after
1: the riot um our bank robber mr nelson survived Mm. And actually went on to become a defense attorney. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Good is now retired. Right. So it's no longer a prison. Technically, they closed their doors in 1998.
0: That's for the best, I think.
1: What bad? What bad vibes up yeah. in that place? You regardless. can take a tour of it now.
0: Really? And I do
1: believe there are some ghost shows that have say, stayed they- there. Because I mean, it's probably fucking hella haunted. (laughs) I mean, there were some very violent deaths. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, even before the riot. I mean, it's a prison. It's a prison. An investigation by a citizen's panel did conclude that the riot was initiated by a small number of inmates. Yes. As always. Yes, we know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that a lot of the inmates were just trying to flee from the riot. And stay alive. That makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to prosecute some of the inmates. The guy who was out, the white supremacist, they tried to prosecute him for two murders, but there was no evidence. Hmm. So they couldn't get the charges to stick. Jeez. I mean, and no one came forward God. as a witness, which,
0: Yeah. They literally watched what they did to people who snitched. Mm-hmm. they I've never uh, been more motivated to not snitch, <laughs> yeah, damn.
1: unsurprisingly, some prison reform came from this, thank fuck, but I mean, not so a lot, yeah, but something actual reforms were held up by negotiations for almost two decades, uh. A lot of the evidence was lost or destroyed during and after the riot. Um, Systemic reform after the riot finally was kind of undertaken in Duran versus King consent decree, which like helped develop the modern correctional system in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's infuriating
0: and very troubling. That's a really fucked up story. And I have no warm fuzzies after that one. because Nothing good came from it. There's none there. You know, the only thing I learned... Out of the thing you just said is that the cell blocks you wanted to be in were one and three because yep. you didn't mention those at all. I did not mention those at all. Probably means they were pretty chill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not full of violent criminals or snitches, <laughs> and not being renovated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Calm me down for being in number one. I'll just yeah, I would just chill there for two days. Yeah. Good God, what an awful story. Well. I kind of just want to lay down in a pile and die. Yeah. But I've got soft I'll blankets for that. I'll drink instead. Huh. <laughs>
1: Listen, how about we just relocate to the floor? That sounds good. And
0: I'd I'll honestly just... do more except that I have to work tomorrow. Same. Oh, <laughs> stupid. Ugh. I hope that you, listener, are not listening to this on a night where you have to work tomorrow. Although it, if you're a good listener, it'll be a Monday. So I guess it will be. Maybe you should go lay down in a pylon. Yeah. And die for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Sorry about it. Happy episode 103. Yay. Th- the other for- two have been fairly tame. Uh, no, uh- Emily. <laughs> no, they haven't. Not most of them. <laughs> this one's par for one course or another. <laughs> um, no, it was good, though. It was good. I don't think that. You should actually be like, maybe any of our survivors. This, maybe the one guy who went out and became a defense attorney. What was yeah. his name?
1: Uh, Mr. Nelson. Mr. Nelson. Yes. You should be like him. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like cause... maybe don't do a bank robbery. Although I get it. I mean, a hundred
0: percent. I get it. Especially I fucking if it was get not it. Violent and you, yeah. You know, nobody got but hurt. But like, Fuck it. you know
1: what? I have it. Yeah. I got this. Uh huh. Be, like. The prisoners who, still in the face of danger, went above and beyond to try and keep others safe. There we go. Yeah. Because there were plenty of them, I'm sure. And don't be like Taylor's not survivor. Do not be
0: like Tanya Head. Um, be like the others. Yeah. Be like every other nine eleven survivor who band together to try to get right. each other through a hard time mainly what we're saying is be like the people on the fringes of our story because they were the better ones (laughs) yeah Uh, and that's the nice thing though you can always in every story we tell you can always look around and find somebody who's doing something good yeah even if other people are doing something bad thanks guys for joining us on another episode we will be back in just a couple of weeks as always and in the meantime you should never ever 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 (coughs) ever 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 forget your can of soup soup for this one soup for yeah. your family yeah
1: this because soup for your family is how you're gonna bring down systemic oppression
0: one can at a time one can at a time is it Campbell's is it Progresso I don't care
1: I think it's progressive <laughs>